0: The opinions expressed on the following program are those of the program sponsor, Shadow of His Wings Ministry and its hosts and callers and may not reflect those of KSLR or Salem
1: Communications. The content of this program may not be suitable for young listeners and is intended for a mature audience. Parents are strongly encouraged to use discretion with children who may be listening. Share comments with Shadow of His Wings Ministry at 210-887-9007 or online at shadowofhiswingsministry.com.
2: Love is- Done its part, let him in my life and
0: my heart, his love is done its part. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shay Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find his hope, his grace, his healing, and ultimately his love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening.
1: Thanks for joining us. Uh, You're listening to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shay Preston. I'm Lee Preston. I'm here tonight with my lovely wife, Shay. Hi, Shay.
2: Good evening.
1: We've had a busy weekend. We uh, had a Journey to Joy retreat for wives of uh, sexually broken men. And so we're just kind of coming off of that at at around noon and had a few hours to recuperate. And now we're up here at the studio uh, talking a little bit more about life's uh, broken places and finding answers to life's tough questions. So we're glad you're here. You are listening to Healing Hidden Wounds, sponsored by our ministry, Shadow of His Wings Ministry, you uh, are welcome to go and visit our website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com we would love to have you uh, look around there and see what you find we are a healing and prayer ministry for all kinds of broken places uh we believe that Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captive free and so we have uh we are gracious to be able to join him in his work and and help uh Be used to help others find freedom from the broken places of their life. And, uh, we're just glad to be here this evening. We are a call-in show, and our number is 210-340-9585. And we are going to be talking about divorce. I'm sorry, (laughs) I say divorce. It's actually not divorce, it's actually having an affair. When an affair happens in a marriage, uh, what do you do next? Or what happens when an affair is in your marriage? And so we want to talk a little bit about that tonight and uh, just kind of walk through it. So if you have known someone or if you've been in a situation where your spouse had an affair, uh, or if you've known someone whose spouse had an affair, we uh, we hope you listen in. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, again our number is 3409585 and we're going to jump in here and talk about when an affair happens in a marriage. I'm going to pray and then we'll jump into our talk. Thank you Lord for healing. We thank you that there are broken things in this world and there are broken things that happen in this world and we don't thank you for them but we all we thank you that you are our healer in them and that you love to heal. That you love to meet us in our broken places. We thank you that you're faithful to us, even in our broken places. That you love setting us free from those things. And Father, I always like to pray that you will help us to see our broken places. Anyone listening out there, I pray that you'd help us to see those broken places in our hearts. Because you love to heal them, and you love to allow more of your Holy Spirit to fill in those places where our brokenness used to to dwell. And so I just pray for anyone listening tonight that they could find your hope and your healing. We love it that you love to turn our ashes into beauty, and you love to trade our mourning for joy. And we thank you for that. We ask that you uh, just speak through us tonight, and may you help us find the healing you'd want for those out there listening. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.
2: Amen. Well, this is a, it's a really tough, tough subject. Um, Like Lee was saying, we just came off of a, finished up a retreat for wives. Uh, It's called Journey to Joy. And um, unfortunately, you know, and sadly, there were, um, there were several situations. That were of wives that were present that were, um, having to deal with, uh, infidelity in their marriage. That's right. And so again, if, uh, if you have any questions, we, I'm just gonna give the number one more time and we would just invite you to call and ask any questions. Um, we'd be happy to try and look at it and answer some questions. The number is 340. it's actually it's area code 210 340 9585 and i would just like you to start off in in talking about what are some of the myths um, surrounding affairs and and people in affairs and things like that well i think
1: uh if you've had an affair, or if you've tried to live through one, um, one of the biggest myths that I think people have is this person will be my my end all. This person will meet my every need, and and our relationship is real. Those are two of the biggest myths. This person can meet my needs like my spouse can't, and they they make me happier than I've ever been. It's, it's a real happiness. Because the reason why I call that a myth is because, number one, we don't know for sure yet that they've met all your needs. Because an affair is very temporary, uh, even if it's gone on for years. It's usually very short-lived, meaning the moments you spend together are short-lived. You, you may not see each other, but a day or two at a time or an evening And anyone can survive a relationship when you only hang out together for a day at a time or a couple of days. It's not real life. That's the myth. So it's
2: it's just kind of based on it's not really reality. It's unrealistic. It's fantasy.
1: fantasy. That's right. right. Because it is so much, I was thinking about that as we were driving into the parking lot, is it's so much like dating, you know? When you date someone, you don't show them all your warts and all. You don't show them all your worst things. You know, you only show them what you want them to see, which, you know, is okay for dating because you're just getting to know someone. But an affair, uh, when you have an affair, it tends to go to sex very quickly. It tends, and you tend to believe you're so intimate and so close and so connected with one another, but you don't really know what real life is together. You don't know what paying bills means to it in in an affair. You don't know what living through life's ups and downs mean in an affair. You don't know what struggles with, you didn't pick up your dirty underwear, or you didn't have dinner ready when I got home tonight, or you hurt my feelings, or you didn't, you didn't even understand how I felt. You know, you don't stay together long enough to really feel those things. So an affair is an illegitimate relationship. It's just not ever gonna be real. It can't address those realities of life, like raising children, paying bills, working through life's traumas.
2: Well, and even categorizing it in under relationship is, is almost unrealistic. That's right. It's not really even a relationship.
1: That's so. right. It's more of an acquaintance with sex attached. Because you don't really know that person. Oh, you may ultimately get to know them. You may get to know how many children they have and what their life's like and their hurts are and their dreams are. But I would still encourage if you've had an affair or if you're thinking of having one or you've involved in one, I think you may want to think about the reality of an affair, which is it's not real. You can never really be known by a person that you're just having an affair with because you'll never know them. You'll only know those things about them that you can get to know in a two-day time span, a week's time span, a two-hour time span. And anybody can be on their best behavior for those lengths of
2: time. Exactly. Well, and so how do, how does it happen? I mean, how do people get involved in, in affairs?
1: Well, I personally think the biggest word that comes to my mind is discontentedness. You know, life happens and so someone feels discontent. You know, uh, Satan loves to stir up discontent in our lives. You know, uh, things could be better if, I might be happier when, I'd sure like it if, things would be beautiful if only, you know, and so you begin to look at your life and go, I'm not so happy here. But that's the problem with affairs, is the grass will always be greener in an affair because that person, certainly if they can They can act like they can meet your every need for the moment. And so you begin to compare apples to oranges. You begin to compare a life that's not real to a life that is real. I mean, marriage will always have problems because there's always going to be two people trying to figure out how do I love this person well, how do we struggle through our own hurts, you know any anytime you brush up against me, I hurt anytime I brush up against you, you hurt you know those things happen in a marriage. They don't generally happen in an affair. Affairs are quick and hot and flash and they have heat and sex and closeness and and oh we all we do is have dinner together and enjoy each other's company and
2: always saying the right things and not stepping on one another's toes. that's and- right.
1: And and it's interesting because, yes, you don't want to step on their toes because you're so enamored by that person. So, you know, you overlook some of the things that you wouldn't overlook uh, in your spouse.
2: Well, and that's not part of your fantasy.
1: That's right, because your fantasy is what fuels it, the desire to make it look right. And it's foolishness. It really is foolishness because none of it's real. Even if you tell me I'm so in love with that person, I'd still say, test me, tell, tell me in a year whether you're still in love after you've lived together for an absolute year. You know, when you actually had to relate to, to, to kids and, and blended families. And if you dissolve your marriage and you go into this affair, you know, tell me what it's like, you know, when you actually have to work out budgets and, and children and now you're gonna to have to blend a family and you're gonna to have to talk to kids about what you've done and and tell me in a year if you're if you think it's still the fantasy uh, or if you're living in a place where you kind of see it I think one of the other things that we should talk about that can how people get into an affair is their own brokenness you know like we saw this weekend you know sometimes people are broken they have sexual brokenness that they've never dealt with. Uh, their whole lives have evolved around the sex and not the relationship. Whether they look at porn, whether they look at, uh, whether they get online and, and sexed, or whether they have sexual relationships online, their sexuality is the driving force behind their relationship and then they happen to get into an affair because guess what the sex doesn't always go as great as they thought it would when you get into a marriage for a few years because it's not as hot and heavy and it's not as as forgiving as uh it was when you first got married you know you got more things to deal with you got more emotions and hurts and and uh, frustrations um You might be listening to this, and maybe this is hitting home to some places in your own heart. Maybe you've experienced this. If you'd like to call in, if you have a question or a comment about affairs, we'd love to hear from you. And let's call it as well adultery. You know, I don't want to pretty it up. An affair is adultery. It's it's uh, exchanging the truth for a lie. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 210-340-9585. And again, Shadow of His Wings Ministry sponsors the Journey to Joy Wives Retreat. It's a retreat just for wives who've had sexual brokenness in their husbands' lives. And for a wife who wants to try to heal, who wants to see what God has for her in spite of her husband's sexual brokenness. So if you're interested, you can look us up at www.journeytojoy.org. We'd love to have you take a look at it.
2: Well, you were talking about the difference. Uh, I mean, you were talking about, like, sexual compulsive behaviors. So can you help us understand a little bit more about the difference between an affair and a sexual compulsive behavior? I mean, how how would somebody know the difference between, wow, you know what? I found that my husband is being unfaithful. Um And he's been, he's, he's always looked at porn. And so how would that, how would that categorize in there?
1: Well, sexually compulsive behaviors don't always include an emotional component. So a person may look at porn and masturbate, but they don't fall in love with a picture or they don't feel an emotional connection with a picture. As a matter of fact, oftentimes sexually compulsive men don't actually don't want the emotional component. They don't want the relationship. They want to be disconnected. They don't want to get too close because then the the feelings get involved, and that's what begins to ruin the 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 sexual outlet. You know, most men who have sexually compulsive behaviors have an issue with their with even trying to get close to people, most wives of guys who've had sexually compulsive behaviors, whether it's lots of sex with people, you know, it may be prostitutes, it may be picking up people for one night stands, or it may be having a regular affair on the side. But the but but the difference, in my opinion, in an affair and a compulsive behavior is an affair begins to be something that they are emotionally connected with, that they are dependent upon, and they can't get rid of it. Now, it still may be very sexually compulsive. It still may be very sexually broken. They still may not know how to have a a real relationship because it's still not a real relationship. But an affair tends to be that thing that lasts longer than just a one-night stand. It's that thing that you keep going back to, and it becomes comfortable. And I really want to speak a little bit to the person who is the affair, you know, do you realize that you're being sold out? You know, that you're giving yourself, your body, your heart to someone who doesn't really fully ever want to know you. They're just using you for sex. And and you may not feel that way, but there's a specific brokenness in someone who'd be willing to have an affair.
2: Well, and I, th- I was just, I actually just thought about um, some show I saw. I can't recall what kind of show it was but, um, you know it was it's interesting because, and I've seen this in people that I've talked with as well when when they have a spouse that is involved in in um uh, another relationship outside the marriage, but it's almost as if the person that has been cheated on gets gets more equally or more angry at the person that their spouse is having an affair with. Sure. You know, and is there anything you would say about that? I mean, what what would cause that? Because really in all actuality, they're both they're both victims in this situation. They're both being hurt.
1: Sure, absolutely. I think the difference that I would add is yes, they're both being hurt and yes, they're both being used by the broken person in the middle who's using them. Uh, I think the slight difference there for me would be is that, you know, the Bible calls that person who is the affair, uh, a harlot. And we're supposed to walk on the other side of the street to stay away from that person. That their mouths are like open graves. And I think that is because there's a, excuse me, there's a bit of a sin of enticement in a person who, who is the affair. You know, because you really do have to look at yourself and realize I'm tearing apart a marriage. True. You know, no matter what. Yes, if the the person who's choosing to have the affair, yes, they also are choosing to tear apart a marriage. But, That's true. but when you entice someone into a relationship, you know, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why would I want to have an affair with a married man? What brokenness do I have, or a married woman for that matter? You know What brokenness do I have that would even say it's okay for me to rip apart a marriage? Why would I want to be a part of that? Why would I want to give my heart to someone who can never really fully give me their heart? And yet if they were to give me their heart, they'd have to leave a relationship. They'd have to pull apart, tear it apart, and tear apart children, tear apart a relationship. Why would I need to be in that? And I just believe that, you know, that's where they're not quite equal because the person who is the affair is the is the harlot, is the mouth with an open grave who draws you in. Yes. And I do believe there's a drawing there. I'm not taking away the responsibility of the person who chooses to have the affair, but I think you have to really ask yourself, why would I have an affair with someone? And look at your own brokenness. Yes. And so that's the difference I see there. Yeah. I, I realize they're both victims and I would definitely feel sorry for that person who is the affair because they're willing to sell their heart for a few moments of sex, you know, or a few moments of relationship. Which definitely means they have a very broken place in their heart because they're worth more than that. But I think it is interesting that the Bible calls them a, a, a that they have a mouth with it's an open grave. Yes. So whether you're the one who's had the affair, whether you're the one who's been cheated on, or whether you're the one who is the affair, we'd like to hear from you. Our number is 210-340-9585.
2: Well, so I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit. Okay. Just kind of put a little twist on it. A twist. Let's twist. Okay. So what do you think would happen if if in a marriage, in a relationship, a marriage relationship, if you were to know all of the good and all of the bad that was going to happen about your spouse, if you knew all of the good and all of the bad before you got married, what do you think would happen?
1: I think you wouldn't get married. Uh, I think you would decide not to marry if you knew all of the good and all of the bad. I think you would probably not want to get married because I think that's the journey of marriage. Is is you know if God were to to peel back the veil that allows time to only be seen by Him and allow you to see what's going to happen in the next thirty years of your marriage. And allowed you to see that, then I think all of us would might run screaming the other direction, (laughs) you know, because you get married because you see all the great things about that person. And yet, if you got to see that, you know, two years from now, they were going to stop picking up their dirty underwear and... Uh, three and a half years from now, they weren't going to fix your dinner anymore. And, and four years from now, you were going to have children and they were going to pour their whole life into their children. And five years from now, you were going to see that, you know, you argue all the time because of money or budgets or they're a spender and you're a saver or you're the saver and they're the spender. I mean, if you begin to see all those things, then you wouldn't probably want to get married. You'd probably think, Oh, I've got to find somebody else who better understands me. But I think that's why it's so important that that doesn't happen, you know? I don't think God wants us to see all the good and all the bad. I think that's why the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was off limits to us. Because we don't know how to handle that. True. We have to be open to just seeing the good and know that, yeah, there will be struggles. There will be trials, you know? It's like asking a parent, would you have had that child if you knew they were going to be killed violently in a drunk driving accident? You know, wow, it hurts too much. I don't know if I would, but, right. but that's why God doesn't give us that opportunity because only he can hold that information and know what to
2: do with it. So, so knowing that there, the likelihood of someone being out there that's listening right now that may be in a marriage that um, that where their husband or their wife has been unfaithful. Do you have a few words before the break that you could offer? Well,
1: I would offer that there's always hope. You know, there's always hope to return from a broken place in a marriage, and that is why we don't get to see all the good and all the bad because. God wants to take us individually through each step of the good and the bad. And so, if you're hurting because someone has cheated on you, then remember that God is our Redeemer. He redeems the brokenness of our, of of our past. He redeems the brokenness of those things that have hurt us. And He can redeem the person who hurt you as well. There is hope after an affair. There is recovery after an affair. And we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. There is definitely hope and there's definitely recovery after an affair. We hope you'll join us. Again, our number is 210-340-9585. Is done, join us part. after the break.
2: Let him reign in my life and my heart. His love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Love is done its part. Let him reign in my life in my heart. His love is done its part.
1: Let well, welcome back. Let you're joining, joining Shadow of His Wings Ministry, uh, Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. We're glad you're here. Uh, we are talking tonight about the effects of an affair on marriage. If you have comments or questions or you'd like to uh, to call in, you're welcome to call in. Our number is 210-340-9585, and we'd love to hear from you. And again, we're talking about the effects of an affair on a marriage. And uh, we're just kind of talking a little bit, and then I'm not sure where we're headed next, but I know we were kind of starting to look at, can you recover from an affair?
2: Well, I I have a question.
1: Okay, first, go for okay, it. Okay,
2: before we get into, you know, to looking cuz I I know there are there are ways to recover from an affair, but one thing I wanted to talk about is you know, I think one of the most devastating things that I that I see and I've and I've heard about um uh, through counseling is you know, a situation I I understand the anger, you know, that a spouse Will go through when they find out that they're being, you know, their spouse is cheating, cheating. on sure. them. Sure, sure. And I mean, yeah, it's anger and it's it's betrayal and you know all of those things. And I just am wanting to know what your thoughts are on when a spouse is so angry that they go out and have a affair, have an affair. To just kind of show them what it feels like sure. is, is kind of what what people usually say is you know well I just wanted them to know what it felt like.
1: Well, I think I think you add a heck of a lot more destruction in your marriage when you go out in revenge and have an affair. I think all that really does is open up more wounding and more division because now not only are you hurting, but now the other person is hurting, and you don't really know why they had the affair, but now you do know why you had the affair. You had it for revenge. You had that affair because you wanted to, to show them how it feels. You wanted to seek revenge. And what if they had the affair because they were hurting? What if they had the affair because of their own past brokenness? You know, that's in my opinion a little different story. I'm not saying it feels any better. I'm just saying it can you can find healing there. But when you say I went out and had an affair cuz I wanted to make you pay for what you did, then you got to look at your own heart there. And that is a it's a pretty pretty hard place there. That's a place of I'm angry at you and I'm so angry I'm going to make you pay by hurting you like you hurt me.
2: Well, because there really isn't any excuse for having an affair outside of a, a marriage absolutely having a relationship with somebody outside i mean it doesn't you know there just is no excuse whether right. it's you know to pay back or whether it's because you feel lonely or because your uh your spouse is um deployed somewhere you know uh for a year. And you feel lonely or whatever, you know. Please hear me. I'm not
1: saying that there's any, any reason someone should. Right. I'm just saying I personally look at it as a little different when you're doing it specifically to make someone else pay.
2: Well, I think the difference is, is that, that that anger, that anger, when it's based in anger, sometimes it goes to the root of bitterness. And so then you, you do get that revenge and you do become bitter. And that's a, that's just a, the root of bitterness, it, it's just a horrible place to, to be.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and we just, I wanted to th- throw this out here because we were just offered some, a, a piece of advice here that, you know, when, sometimes also when you're having an affair out of revenge, you're absolutely using that person you're having the affair with just to be a culprit in your own revenge.
2: Very true.
1: You're drawing them into the, into the the action of revenge what makes them party to and it creates them they become a used object
2: well it's almost big it goes back to that where you become that harlot
1: that's right and so now you're using them to get back at somebody and true. and they may not want to do that if they were to really know the truth
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and so that is true we don't want to ever say that there's any particular reason but I think man when you throw in a revenge affair, when you say, I want to do this because, like you said, because bitterness starts to grow in your heart, you know, bitterness and resentment can make you do all kinds of crazy things. And, and I've just seen a lot of damage from folks who've gone out and had a revenge affair because it hurts more. I believe I'm not judging pain. I'm just saying, wow, when you learn, Hey, I have made a mistake. I was broken. I went and had this affair And somebody says that's fine. I had an affair on you too, just to show you what it feels like. That's like, whoa, you intentionally, you know, hurt me here. Uh, It's kind of like a question we sometimes ask wives at the journey to joy. In your in your husband's brokenness, do you believe that he intentionally went out just to hurt you? And I think when there's a revenge affair, you can't answer no to that. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, you can't answer yes to it. Because sometimes wives say, no, I don't think he intentionally went out and had an affair. I think it happened. I think he's broken. I think he wants to get healing. But when you've had a revenge affair, you intentionally went out and you set your sights on doing something that you knew was only going to lead to destruction.
2: Exactly. Well, again, I want to give our number out. If you have any questions or thoughts, uh, you could give us a call at 210 340 9585. And, you know, I'm. Can we start talking a little bit about surviving an affair in a marriage?
1: Well, I definitely want to talk about surviving an affair. I definitely want to say it can be survived. Um, we do not come from a perspective of the world. So uh, the world tends to say once you've had an affair, it's over. You might as well just pack up and move on. When a person has an affair, you just need to head to divorce court. We don't take that stance. We believe God can work through all things if we allow Him to work through it. And so, uh, certainly we think you can survive an affair and that's, uh, that's actually God's best in our opinion. You know, yes, God. If
2: you have two willing
1: Oh, most definitely. And that's what I was going to say. Yes, God did say to Moses that He could write a certificate for divorce when there, when there was in cases of sexual unfaithfulness. But the key part of that verse says because their hearts were hardened. And so, sure, if you have one of those members whose heart is hardened, you may not have a choice but to go ahead and divorce because they may not choose to want to, to work through it, they may abandon you or abandon the family or they may go off with their affair. They may say that there's nothing wrong with what they do. But if you can look and see that both of you do have a willing heart and want to try and heal, uh, then it's it's best to try to work through that because God loves to restore. We've seen some great marriages that have been restored from broken and and. And unfaithfulness, brokenness, and
2: unfaithfulness. Amen. Amen. So, what are some ways to heal after after an affair?
1: Well, I think the key is—I think you made a good point. The key is—is is you have to have two willing hearts. You know, I think to heal, um, the party who had the affair has to be willing to say, "I'm cutting this affair off altogether." And if they're not willing to do that, then there has to be a period of, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, meaning from the other spouse. But, you know, God may ask that spouse to stay for a while and see what happens. They may ask that spouse to he may ask the spouse to to continue to live in the home and just see what if that person steps away from the from the affair. I mean, because just because they don't right away doesn't mean they're not going to. But I do think ultimately it is, it is absolutely, I mean, it's pretty obvious to say you have to walk away from the affair. You have to say, I, I don't want any part of you anymore. I don't want to call. I don't want to talk. I can't email. You know, please don't fool yourself and act like somehow you can remain friends or, you know, still work together if it's in a work affair. Don't, don't fool yourself. That's ridiculous. Once you've crossed that line and it's become a sexual relationship, you're no longer just coworkers, you're no longer just friends, and you better go ahead and just acknowledge that you got to, you got to face up to what you've done. And that means cutting it off whether there are consequences or not, you know? Some folks have an affair and they have to leave a job. They don't really want to leave because they had a workplace affair. And they can't seem to stop interacting with that person. Guess what? If you really want your marriage, you're going to walk away from that job. Or same thing with, you know, a friend, next door neighbor. You know what? You may have to sell a house and move across town or move to another city to get away from that person if they still have that kind of draw on you. You know, you have to be willing to put your marriage and your spouse first. God does. God puts your spouse first. He calls you to put them first as well. And so if you're gonna to try to fool yourself and say, Oh, I can still be friends or we can still work together, I promise you Satan is more wily than that. He's going to uh, to wiggle in there and say, Oh, come on, a little lunch won't be a bother and the next thing you know you're you're in a situation again that you shouldn't be in. Exactly. And God does not want
2: that to happen. Well and and just based on what the Bible says about marriage You know, that's a, it's, it's a covenant. It's a, it's a very important covenant and, uh, it needs to be placed at that level.
1: Sure. And when you do that, then healing can start to occur when, when the person who's had an affair can begin to say, wow, I need to look, you know, all I could see in the moment was my junk, my pain, my hurts. And I went out and did all this stuff that now I've hurt my spouse. So now it's my job to offer them something to heal, which is understanding and trying to walk slowly through it and say, Look, we're gonna we're gonna talk, we're gonna do things that help you heal in this. Well, and
2: to help to build that trust again. Absolutely. I mean because if you have if you have a spouse that's like, Well, you know, I just wanna I just gonna need to stay in this job or you know, I just wanna be able to go to lunch with this person and this and that, you know, you're not you're not taking those steps to right. build trust. So it's not just about speaking to the person that may be in an affair right now. It's right. not just about you. It's not about you uh, and what is going to be best for you to get out of it. It's you are married. It's for your spouse. It's Absolutely. a gift for your spouse. Absolutely. You know, we talk about love offerings. So... Can you explain a little bit about love offerings? That's one of my examples. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that was actually your word, and that's why I think it's so great. It's, uh, it's a love offering is saying, you know what, I've hurt you, so I want to give you what I can now to help you heal, to help you heal and to help rebuild trust again.
2: So you can trust me.
1: Yes, so I may not normally want to call you every day at 10 a.m. and 3, a- 3 p.m., during my work day just to check in on you but you know what for a season i'm going to cuz i want you to know that i'm thinking about you at 10 p- 10 a.m. i want you to know i'm thinking about you at 3 a- 3 p.m. you know if if you've had an affair then you want to be sure and and have conversations in the evenings about how your day went and let's talk we need to talk about where things are cuz this is my love offering to you to let you know i'm willing to keep doing what it takes to help you feel safe again.
2: And to let you know that I lo- I do love you. Yes. And the most amazing
1: thing is, is you need to look at you have not put that person first in your life. And that's where they're meant to be, in their first place spot. And so it may take some time for you to help that person see that they are your all in all. Because guess what? They don't trust that they are right now because you've just told them this other person was more important. This other person was more important sexually. This other person was more important physically. This other person was more important emotionally. And so it's now the love offering time to come in and say, I don't want to do that to you anymore. So I'm going to keep showing you. I'm going to do some things that are sacrifices. (laughs) And they really are sacrifices because... Cause you'll feel, man, I really don't want to have to sit up and talk again about what, about where your feelings are and how are you feeling for today? And I'd rather just go on to bed or watch my show or, you know, whatever we normally do to just veg out, you know, but a sacrifice, a love offering is a sacrifice that says, you know, I want to show you how much I love you. And if it means we need to sit down, I'm willing to do that. If it means that we need to pray together in the mornings, I'm willing to do that. If it means that we need to sit together and read a book together at night and kind of walk through some chapters, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, Those are love offerings to me.
2: Well, when we're talking about trust and building trust, you know, I started thinking about how... um you know, ultimately, our trust is not supposed to be in our spouse, in you know, whoever it is. If you're the one that that committed the affair, or if you're the one that was hurt by an affair, um, our trust is really ultimately supposed to be in God. Absolutely. So, what would be your thoughts on the difference between? You know, or what, what that line is between trusting your spouse versus trusting God.
1: Well, I think, I think, you know, the Bible says that we're not to put our trust in men, but put our faith and our trust in God. And I think the reason why God said that, the reason why he set that in motion was to be able to say, people are going to let you down. And so trust me. Just trust me, I will walk you through this, because people will let you down. They will be untrustworthy at times. But I think it's still a spouse's best to begin to build trustworthiness again. And you know, It doesn't mean that a spouse has to put all their trust in this one person. Oh, I have to trust you. Oh, I need to build trust in you. I can't love you until I trust you. I've heard that before. You know, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to feel very loving towards you. You know, I don't know that that's the best place because putting all your trust in a person is not going to lead to to knowing how to love that person better. Because if you think about it, sometimes you don't trust your kids because you don't like the way they're behaving, but you still love them. And sometimes you don't trust, you know, your parents because maybe they've hurt you, but you still feel love for them. So we have to be careful that we don't cross that and say, well, I have to be able to trust you to be able to love you. I can love you, and I just may not trust that you're fully going to to always be honest with me, or I can love you even though you've hurt me, and I don't really trust that you're not going to hurt me again. That's where I think it's important if you really love that person, perhaps another gift or a love offering would be, but I want to be trustworthy in your life. I want to be trustworthy. I want you to know you can trust me to not hurt you. Because that is what shows the other person how much you love them. It is a part of love is to be trustworthy. Right. You know, it's not very loving to make someone feel scared all the time or to make someone feel unloved or to make someone feel like uh you don't really have their best at heart. And so Part of love, I think, and at least agape love, is I want you to know that I have your best at heart, and I will do what it takes to help you know that in the end I will always be there to, to support you and to love you. I think that's what trustworthiness is versus versus being, being being putting your trust in someone. You know, my trust is in God, but I like that I can that I can trust you. I like the, I think you're trustworthy.
2: Yes.
1: I think those are gifts that you can give a spouse. Yes. I don't think you can. When you've had an affair, you can't just automatically assume that, oh, well, see, I've been good for you know this long. Why can't you trust me? Well, it takes time to build trust. It takes a a moment to break it and a lifetime to build it, at least trustworthiness.
2: That's very true.
1: I mean, you can break it in a second, and then it takes a lifetime to rebuild. Yes. That's why being a man or a woman of integrity is important. Yes. You know, because when you have integrity, you know, you are the same person on the outside that you are on the inside.
2: Well, and that's what I was sitting here thinking. I was thinking about how, um, you know, sometimes in in what we do uh, in working with people on their sexual purity, we talk about taking steps to build their purity muscles. And I was just thinking about that. I was thinking, you know sometimes this it really isn't about you know making it so somebody else can trust you, the spouse, right you know, but it also is building that that relationship between you and God as well as building up your integrity
1: absolutely well, and it brings to mind a, uh, a situation that happened with a couple I was doing some counseling with, and it was you know as an individual. He'd had an an affair, and they were working back through it again. And it had been a good year, and they had had some some growth, and things were going well. And 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 one day she called him, and uh, just to talk and see how he was doing, and and said, "Where are you?" And he says, "I'm at work." And and she said, "Great, you know, how are things going? It's going great." And then the next thing you know, they hang up, and and she forgot something so she called right back well she couldn't get him on his cell phone in that second call so she just called his desk phone and his secretary answered and said no he's not he hasn't made it into work yet today well come to find out he had stayed at home not to do anything sinister and evil but to to play video games he had decided he just wanted to take the morning off so he decided to stay home and oh, play wow. video games yeah but she was very upset because when she finally got him on his cell phone, he had to come clean and say, no, I really never went in. I'm still at home playing video games. Um, well, if you talk to him, he says, well, because I didn't want her to look at me badly. I didn't want her to think I was a bad person because I was taking the morning off to play video games because I know she didn't like it that I put so much time into video games. But to her, it was kind of a, a final straw. She actually divorced him at that, over that, because she said, I can't trust you. And I think we have to look at our brokenness. You know, why would you hide that? Well, cause I don't want to have to have that argument, or I don't want to have to have that, you know? I'm still not saying she should have divorced him. I think she should have worked it through, but for her, it was a final straw, and I, I think it shouldn't have been. But I think it does show the importance of being honest, you know? I know you may not like that I do this and it may make you think I'm a lazy bum, you know, cause I'm sitting at home playing video games, but I am who I am and this is what I'm doing and standing behind who we are rather than trying to lie to, lie to make us look better. Yes. And I think that, I guess to tell that long story is that is what you try, that's why you try to build trustworthiness that's how you build trustworthiness that's one of the things of recovering from a affair is being honest in all things you know it's talking about things it's being honest it's it's you know when you say you know I'm gonna be home in 30 minutes and you're home in 35 minutes that's great but if you're home in an hour and a half and you say well I told you I was on my way home that doesn't build trust <laughs> because that says to that spouse You don't tell me where you're at and you don't give me an understanding. I mean, that's part of recovery. I think another part of recovering from an affair is beginning to build your own relationship again. You know, a lot of times we get in the habit of just getting status quo. You know, she does her thing, he does his thing, everything's okay, we don't really romance anymore we don't really sit down and talk about life we don't really have those fun moments together anymore and i think after an affair it's a wake-up call to say hey we need to start looking at how we treat each other and what we do together and how we spend time together because this is really in my opinion this is god's great opportunity for a second chance yes because he does want to restore with the locusts of Eden. He is our kinsman redeemer. He wants to redeem our life. And so you have an opportunity to relook at this person that's your spouse, whether it's your husband or your wife, and ask the Lord to see, help you see them for the first time through God's eyes. To ask the Lord, show me a love for this person that you have for them. And I promise you, we've seen it, right? Yes. We, have, we know people that helps us. We know people who've actually been helped by God to see their spouse the way he sees them. Yes. And the love can be rekindled. You know, people don't know what love is anymore. <laughs> you know? They, That's true. They think it's this quick and easy thing that lasts, and the minute you don't feel it, it must be over. That's not love. You know, love takes time. It's aged. It sits in a crock pot overnight. It's or it's
2: I love you because because you make me feel good.
1: That's right. And when you don't make me feel good, or when you upset me, I kick you to the curb. Mm-hmm. I don't like who you are. And that's what love is. God wants us to learn in marriage who His how His love really is. See, marriage is a great example of God's great love. It's loving someone through the thick and thin. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to have a special guest next week. Uh, Please join us. She'll be talking about coming out of lesbianism. Join us next week.
0: Sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. And this radio show is listener supported please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do.